This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. The starting gun has been fired in the race to be the next Prime Minister. Ten Conservative MPs have already thrown their hat into the ring and Sophie Rayworth spoke to the man who kicked off this process, the now former Health Secretary, Sajid Javid. Javid resigned his post on Tuesday, being shortly followed by the Chancellor Rishi Sunak. Rayworth asked him if there had been any coordination behind their departure from the government. Had you decided that you wanted to be prime to be prime minister before you sent that tweet? No, I, actually, the first time I started thinking about properly uh, resigning was uh, this time last week, actually, and uh, and uh, I'd been sort of struggling with this decision for a while. I'd been given the benefit of, doubt, of the doubt again and again, and then on Tuesday morning I went to this national prayer breakfast in Parliament. And uh, sounds might sound a bit strange, but I was listening to the sermon by this amazing man, Reverend Les Isaac. You know, he started street pastors. And I was listening to him talk about the importance of integrity in public life. And uh, just focusing on that, I made up my mind. I went straight back to my office and drafted the resignation letter and went to see the prime minister later in the day. And it, it had the effect um, because Rishi Sunak followed you straight after. There are people who think that that was a coordinated decision to move. Did you speak to Rishi Sunak before you resigned? Did he know you were about to resign? Not at all. Not at all. I had no idea what he was going to do and I can understand what he did because I read his letter afterwards, uh, but not at all. I mean, this was a decision made by me. No one, had, other than my, my closest uh, advisors in my department, no one had any idea I was going to do this. And, uh, and, and, and it, it wasn't about leadership or anything else. It was about the, the just... Yeah, I just think if you're, if you're working, I, was, I have the privilege of being in the cabinet and I take it very seriously. I have a very important, I had a very, very important job and I didn't want to give it up lightly because I think a lot of people were depending on me. But I think once you lose confidence in, in your boss, your prime minister, I don't think you can sort of hide that. I think you have to just be honest with, with, with your boss and with yourself. The interview turned to Javid's pitch for the leadership. Javid argued the case for urgent tax cuts, including the reversal of the national insurance rise. It's really important, to, I think, to, to explain why this is so important. I am really worried that we as a country are at risk of, of falling into a, a, a slow-growth, low-growth trap. Uh, we, our, our growth rate has been very low for a number of years. Uh, even before the pandemic, it was very low, but hit by the global financial crisis and other issues. And we need to increase that long-term growth rate. Otherwise, we will not be able to afford the public services that we all depend on. You know, I depended on public services throughout my life. It would, I'm, the reason I'm sitting here today as a candidate for prime minister is because of public services. People relying on those every day today. And we can only and, fund that if we have a growing economy. And this is, if I may, this is the essential point. There are some people believe that we can't have growth, we can't have the tax cuts until we have growth. I don't think that is right. I think you must start with the tax cuts <clears throat> to kickstart the growth. And, it's and not money, just tax cuts, maths. you need more, but you need the tax cuts. The Health Select Committee Chairman Jeremy Hunt is back for more after finishing as a runner-up to Boris Johnson back in 2019. While setting out his stall, Hunt revealed his candidate for Deputy Prime Minister. 
Do you think the very fact that you have not served in Boris Johnson's government helps you in this contest? In one important way, yes, because there are a lot of very angry voters after what's happened in the last few months, and they're not going to come back to us automatically, and choosing me would be a very strong signal uh, that the Conservative Party has listened to that anger. But um, the reason I'm putting my name forward is not that. It is because the two biggest challenges we face as a country now are the international crisis in Ukraine and an economy teetering on the brink of recession. And I am the experienced Foreign Secretary who is also an entrepreneur who will get the economy going. Um, and I also recognise that the leader of a political party has to win elections, and that means a broad appeal. So just as Tony Blair had John Prescott to, to broaden his appeal as his Deputy Prime Minister, I will have Esther McVeigh as my Deputy Prime Minister. She's won a lot of elections against Labour in the North. I've won them against Lib Dems in the South, and I think we will be a formidable campaigning team. Sophie Ridge spoke to another of the Runners and Riders, Transport Secretary Grant Shapps, and asked him about Boris Johnson's character. Do you but, think um, Boris Johnson's a man of integrity? You know what, actually, like all of us, he's fundamentally flawed. But we all are, as human beings, right? Well, well, no in one. different ways, perhaps. Yeah, in different ways. I think, actually, you know, one of his um, uh, failings was he was sort of almost too loyal to, to people, and we saw a succession of people who he would defend. Like Chris Pincher, for example. Well, um, Pincher, um, you know, um, people would have said Cummings and, and, and other people. Uh, uh, but, but uh, you know... In the end, um, he was also quite brave. He'd take decisions that, you know, I think other politicians would have perhaps said, is I, I that guess, brave or is that reckless? And, I, I guess, and um, that is always the decision or that the, the, the quality of decisions is then really under you, the spotlight. You say that it was about, you know, showing loyalty to people. Mm. Some would say that that's quite a positive spin to put on it when mm. actually it's, it's integrity is also about your relationship to truth and being frank with people. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I think there's no doubt there are differences. Uh, there were times when, you know, if I had been Prime Minister, I would just have come to a different decision. Um, as, as I say, I think, you know, in many ways it's brilliant, in some ways it's flawed. Actually, you know, everyone have, has the, the pluses and minus history will okay. judge that in the round. The Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper said that if Boris Johnson was going to continue in his post, then the House of Commons would be invited to express its opinion on the matter. Are you going to push ahead for a, with a vote of no confidence this week? Well, we still hope that the Conservatives will do the right thing and get Boris Johnson out of Downing Street quickly because I think nobody has any trust or confidence in what he might still do while he's clinging on to power. OK, he but doesn't that doesn't look like duty. it's going to happen, so does that's, it? So what about so the that's vote of why no confidence? we have said we think this is the right thing to do. That's why Keir said that uh, he will put that forward because I think that there has to be a question to all of these Conservative candidates. Do they really want Boris Johnson after everything? that's happened to be carrying on in Downing Street through all this time. So just to be clear, can we expect Labour to push for a vote of no confidence this week? That is what Keir is proposing, but we are hoping that the Conservatives will address this at their meeting tomorrow and will make sure that, that Boris Johnson leaves Downing Street now. Ridge asked Tory grandee David Davis to give some advice for all the candidates as they began jockeying for position to take the top job. What would be your one bit of advice to the candidates? You've obviously run in a leadership contest yourself. Uh, be straightforward. Don't don't overbig yourself up. For, for you know, I mean, we're hearing all sorts of uh, uh, sad stories about people's poverty-stricken background, where people who are probably richer than I could ever be in a thousand years. So, uh, be be straightforward. 
Uh, don't try and make imaginary histories and focus on what's right for the country. And finally, the chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee and former soldier Tom Tugentat offered Ridge one of the more interesting answers to a seemingly age-old question. What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? Well, I invaded a country once. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs>